Hello everyone, Daniel Topol here and welcome to the Dancing With Doubt podcast, where we go deep into how leaders have overcome adversity to unleash their success and delve into the why, why we're really here on this big, beautiful earth. On today's episode, I'm stoked to be sitting down with an old buddy of mine, Brett Solomano. Brett is a pretty fascinating guy. Originally from a small country town called Muela in Australia, he's now based in Atlanta, the United States. Brett is a trucking entrepreneur, Hollywood stuntman, speaker, author, coach, and facilitator. He proudly holds the Guinness World Record for the longest distance semi-truck drive in reverse in an articulate truck, an astonishing 55.34 miles, or 89 kilometers. You may have also seen his driving and stunt handiwork in shows such as The Walking Dead and Stranger Things. Brett's passionate about you guessed it, business and trucks. But on a more personal level, actively supports causes closer to his big heart, such as working with disadvantaged youth. I personally know Brett from our time together in the Australian Army Reserve. And although we are worlds away from the people we used to be, the camaraderie and connection that that sort of environment creates has clearly transcended time and geography. On a more personal level, I think it's an incredible privilege to have the opportunity to reinvent ourselves and reconnect on deeper levels. And I'm super excited to discover this new side to our friendship today. In this episode, we delve into topics such as the often daunting journey of adapting to new environments, channeling and conquering fear, and reconciling our values to our past conditioning. So for me, this is a really deep dive into the eternal dance of managing fear and stress and digesting the lessons that follow. Thank you for lending me your ears wherever in the world you are. I hope you find this episode entertaining, insightful and stimulating. Season one, episode four, we're on. Fred, how are you going? Welcome to the show. Good, mate. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, we, we, you know known each other for a long time, but there's been a big gap in between and uh, it's a beautiful opportunity to reconnect and thanks for having me on. Definitely, definitely. Really, really glad to have you on, mate. Um, yeah, as you said, it's, it's been a while, but, uh, but yeah, great to, great to reconnect again after so many years. And I can actually see, you know, from the, from the window that, that's next to you, um, you look like you're doing a recording of a podcast on the side of the road, maybe amongst one of your trucks. Is that dedication yes. to the course or what? Yes. So uh, <laughs> we had reconnected a couple of weeks ago and uh, you said you're interested in, in chatting. And I said, absolutely. And then trying to find the right time um, and it didn't quite work out. But then we had this window of opportunity really suddenly. And I said, uh, I think I said to you, um, you know, well, we can do it, um, but I don't know what my schedule's like that, that that day, but we'll make it happen no matter what. And uh, so today I was actually out with the trucks. You might be able to see uh, next to me here. I'm in a parking lot with, uh, with quite a few trucks. I'm just sitting here in my in my Tesla um, with the air conditioner going just enough to keep me cool, but not uh, blow the speakers out because it's just started becoming uh, summer here in Atlanta. Or sorry, it's just turned to the warmer weather here in Atlanta. It's not quite summer yet, um, but. Atlanta has two seasons, winter and summer, so it doesn't. It just jumps from one to the other. Um, but yeah, it's great to be here, man. I'm excited to chat and uh, talk all things about uh, entrepreneurship and dancing with doubt. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, look, I guess never let a good chat get in the way of your dream business, hey? Clearly. That's it, mate. You gotta you gotta have your cake and eat it too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Brett, look, I've I've got a really burning question, um, and and I'm sure many of our listeners would be thanking me for for going here. Coming back to your Guinness World Records, how in the world do you reverse a truck, a semi-trailer truck, 55 miles? Please, can you explain that? (laughs) So the short answer to that is you basically start reversing and you don't stop. And I think that's a great metaphor for, uh, for anything in life. You know, who we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago is different to what we are. Uh, my journey took me to the United States and, and I was going to become a stuntman and do whatever I was going to do and whatever dreams I had back then. And, you know, those pathways have taken us through the army to where we are now, you and I. Um, 
And it's just basically a case of putting one step in front of the other. Um, in the big uh, in the big version, that that's life, but in the small version, that's the Guinness World Record. Um, and it started out with me being a uh, a truck driving instructor because I wanted to find new ways to connect with uh, with trucks and learn trucks in a different way, become a better driver. And I would um, be teaching the students every day, and it's a good way to give back to the community and the next generation of, of truck drivers. Um, and then, you know, these, these students would ask us questions, and we'd have to confirm the learnings and different things like that, show them what to do. And they would give us little challenges sometimes, and, you know, well, can you even do this? And we'd say, well, yeah, absolutely. And we'd have to jump in and show, show them how we could do it. And then we'd challenge them, and they thought that they could be at our level, and we would keep playing. And there's certain reversing maneuvers you have to do to pass your test to get your truck license. And so we would kind of compete with the students and have this point system and things like that, who could do it the fastest and the best. And uh, it got me thinking about, well, you know, how fast can I actually go in reverse? Um, and in a manual transmission semi-truck without the trailer on, I had a test one time for myself and I put it into uh, high range reverse, which is like the second reverse gear that these trucks have. And all of a sudden this truck lurches off at about uh, 15 kilometers an hour um, and starts zipping off in reverse at that speed. And of course, well, the, the first thing I wanted to do was push the gas pedal and see how fast it would go. And I got up to about 40 kilometers an hour in reverse in this, um, in this truck, in this high range gear. So I thought, well, what else can I do with this? Um, what, what's the next level? And, you know, one thing leads to another. And I think my natural curiosity, uh, is what got the better of me. Um, and I put a trailer on it and I wanted to see if I could do it with a trailer. And the only yard that we had or um, space on the yard that we had that was a straight line was, I think, maybe 300 meters. And, of course, I'm like, well, hang on, if I can do this at so fast and whatever else, I wonder what the Guinness World Record is. Um, fast forward about two years and I'm about to do 162 laps of a, uh, a large parking lot that we had just south of Atlanta City. And I did 162 laps of that in four hours, which is about an average speed of uh, 14 miles an hour in reverse, which I think is, uh, what would that be, 22 kilometers an hour if my math is quick enough, uh, on average for those four hours, um, backing a 53-foot trailer. So um, it's, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a far better driver than I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm a far better driver than I am um, an event organizer. So... Uh, when people say what was the hardest part for me, it wasn't the driving; it was the getting all the people together and asking favors from friends and different things. And uh, thankfully, I had a lot of a lot of beautiful people who came down to support me and uh, be there on the day and get it taken care of. But uh, yeah, definitely the other record was 39 miles, which was uh, 60 kilometers, I think. So we we blew the record out of the water. Um, but to me, the most fascinating thing was that I did it in. I did, it in a sh I did far more distance in a far shorter time. And so for me, that was what was more interesting was the, uh, the speed and the smoothness and being present with the vehicle. Um, and that's just what I love. That's, that's why I drive. I think we all want to find a flow state in, in what we love, whether it be uh, music or sports or anything like that. For me, it's driving, and I love finding that flow state. Um, and I was definitely in my flow state on that day, and... Um, it was a beautiful day and we achieved the world record. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I know what you mean when you talk about flow state. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried driving from Melbourne to Perth in, in Western Australia. Um, I think it's about 3,800 kilometers. It takes about four days mm -hmm. of solid, you know, all day driving and you enter into this meditative state. Um, that's the only way to get through it. You know, you might have some nice music or a podcast to listen to, but ultimately so much of enjoying that experience is actually up here. Um, so I, I know what you mean with, with that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, um, uh, you know, do love long-distance drives. I don't like to do it all the time because uh, my mind wants to create things and be in the business, uh, work on the business, not just in the business, as they say. Um, but I do love driving, and I'll drive a few days a week right now. Um, and I, I love the ability to just, you know, chat to friends while I'm driving and, you know, being on the phone, hands-free, hands, hands free, of course. Um, and I love being able to, you know, listen to podcasts and various things like that. 
I also love just being able to drive and uh, watch where my mind goes because I'll be driving along a very blank canvas type road, as you say, like driving from Melbourne to Perth. And it's for me, it's fascinating to watch my mind go to certain places and just let old memories come up and, and you know, good triggers and bad triggers and just watch how human I am with such a blank canvas and see where that goes, which we don't get a chance to do when we're getting those uh, triggers bombarded to us uh, from day to day, you know, um, when we're out running errands and doing work. Almost like therapy. <laughs> it can be if you're, if you're willing to listen and, and not let the horse run away with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Brett, looking at your stunt work and, and driving work in, um, in Tinseltown, obviously you're not in your home country. Um, you know, you're driving on the other side of the road as well. Surely you, there must have been some pretty serious fears to overcome um, as part of that journey. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think fear is often uh, a creation of the mind and, um, you know, it, it brings a potential future into our current reality and, and creates a negative situation out of that, whether it's true or not, you know, we have rational fears, which are obviously, um, you know, possibilities that we have to consider day to day. And then there's the irrational fears that can linger that are highly unlikely that they're going to happen, but we can sometimes get stuck with those. Um, for better or worse, I kind of had limited time to, to move over um, to the U.S., my visa was sort of always sort of distantly coming and I, I never really believed that I would actually get it, I think, because I'm not someone who wins raffles or anything. At least that's my belief. Um, and all of a sudden I got the, uh, the green card lottery and they said, cool, you got five months to leave the country. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got I to gotta start selling some stuff and packing up and saying goodbye to people. Um, I knew that I was just going to head over and figure it out. I really didn't have that many connections. Um, I didn't have a bunch of money saved up. So for me, it was a suitcase and a backpack and um, moving to Los Angeles and just sort of figuring it out. And I lived in Los Angeles for 18 months. Um, and it's beautiful when you and can be in the moment And a dream by like the sounds that. of it? And a dream, and a dream. Yeah, I, I was going to do stunts and then I'd kind of quit stunts for a little bit and I thought, well, maybe I could do stunts, but... Um, yeah, moving to the US, it was just literally in the moment of kind of resetting myself and re-envisioning myself. Who am I and do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Um, and the universe provides, you know, the the world is your oyster, especially in such a big town like Los Angeles. There's plenty of opportunities. Um, you just got to be the right person for those opportunities and be willing to do the work. So as, as far as to the fear goes... Um, it's, it's kind of interesting because the fear is what our mind creates, but sometimes we get caught up on the things we can't see. And so there was a bunch of stuff that I'm learning every day, uh, you know, how we think, because I know as Australians, we see uh, Americans on TV every day, so we have a certain familiarity with them, almost like they're our long-distant older brother who left house a few years ago. So we have this familiarity with them, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Americans, they do things slightly differently. They speak a bit differently. They're, um, you know humor is slightly different and so you think it's similar but every every day every week you're learning how to adjust and i never wanted to give up my my accent or who i was but to build rapport you you have to change who you are a little bit to be similar um differences will be exotic and will attract people um and they they do like australians they, they all love australians and tell you they always want to tell you how much they want to go to Australia, but they could never do it because of all the deadly animals that uh, Crocodile Dundee and Steve Irwin have uh, brought into the media. So we kind of shot ourselves in the of foot course. with American with Americans with um, with tourism, but they all love Australians. But I never wanted to give up too much, but I had to give up a little bit and learn very subtle things, just subtle communications and uh, you know sense of humor is a big one how they expect you to sell yourself, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so that has been a beautiful challenge every day to just keep growing with that as I grow myself and my business, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And and I guess, um, you know, I've, I've got a bit of a saying, um, I don't remember who exactly I, I got it from, but never apologize or be afraid to seek the future that you want because you only get one shot yeah. at it. So, <laughs> you know, what an amazing story for you. Small country town, um, now you're in Tinseltown working big Hollywood projects, got your own business, you know, multiple trucks on the way. 
um, you know, what a success story. Good on you, Brett. That's that that's something really worth celebrating. Thank you, mate. And it's um, it it is interesting because you know, growing up in a small country town, um, you know, I go back there and it is it is quite nice because I think we don't we don't get to see ourselves as other people see us every day. So me being over here, I'm getting busy in work and I've got my goals and I'm keeping keep on telling myself, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. You know, and I, I've taken a break from stunts for the last six months to focus on the truck business. Um, but I know when I went back to Australia almost a year ago, I spent a couple of months back in Australia to see the family because um, I hadn't been able to for a few years with COVID. And you go back there and, you know, it, it's, it really is quite beautiful because they, they kind of think I'm a bit of a celebrity, even though I don't see myself that way. But um, I'm not trying to talk myself up in any way, but it is the, uh, the perspective that people have. Um, and that is quite nice to be able to go back and, um, you know, people measure whatever they want to measure as success, whether it be finances or work or impact. Um, for me, I think success is just being on the journey. If you're on the journey every day, doing what you love, helping people, getting paid a bit of money, I mean, that, that means you're a success in my books. So that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing to think that I'm a success. I'm, I'm, I'm making my own steps and I'm proud of myself, but to be able to see the impact that I'm having on other people, it's uh, it is a beautiful thing when you can meet a, a fan or two of The Walking Dead who who's seen you on TV and they don't recognise your face, of course, but when you tell them, they they think it's pretty cool. So, to be honest, mate, you know, you, you sent me your um internet movie database IMDb um link before, and there's like a big laundry list of um of projects and and movies and series you've been involved with. So I love your modesty. Thank you for being so modest, but. Mm-hmm. I think you're a bit of a superstar, mates. Don't don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I mean, there's always another mountain to climb, so I'm always looking, uh, always looking for the next mountain. And obviously, I'm uh, I'm not working too much in the industry. I just uh, to me, it's like a bit of part time fun, and I and I do take it seriously. But there's a lot of guys who are working full time who have two, three, four times as many credits as I do. And uh, you know, I just come in for a day or two every now and again. Um, but uh, no, it, it is fun, man. I'm, I'm glad to have the career that I have for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And coming back to our experience um, in, the, in the Australian Army, man, it feels like it was a lifetime ago. I think it was what over a decade, 14 years. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, we've become quite different people and, and, and we've gone uh, down, down very different paths. One thing that has personally stuck for me is actually being able to overcome your fears through the military experience. And, and in particular, you know, as, as you can probably remember, you get put into very unique situations in the armed forces, very unique pressures, um, and you need to adapt like that, or you basically fall very quickly. How do you feel that your army experience has actually contributed um, towards overcoming more recent fears, like around moving to the US or, or starting your business or, or your stunt work? Um, I think the two things that come to mind from our time together in the Army Reserves was uh, firstly the discipline and the the adaptability. You know, think about what the actual problem is. And, and it's interesting that those two come side by side because I think they're polar opposites and you have to be able to adapt, but the discipline is going to be what brings you back into the ground and, and focus when you do get into trouble with something or when you are unsure, you know brush your teeth every day you pack your backpack a certain way you you do the same drills with the with the rifle every day you know um and and gathering reconnaissance um understanding what you're about to get yourself into before you do it um all those are very uh fundamental um characteristics of the military you know planning ahead and and being prepared when you do a stunt it's kind of similar to that because you know, I did a, did a stunt a year or so ago now where we had uh, about four of us getting set on fire all in one go together um, on, uh, on a TV show. And it was... Um, did you say set on fire? Uh, quite a big... It was set on fire, that's right. Yeah, there was, there was... I think there was four of us getting set on fire and we did that eight times in two nights. Um, and we oh obviously did do a job and get, and get paid for it. And there was a very specific way to present the the uh the shot that, that that they had in mind they wanted to do it a certain way they had a picture of it that they'd drawn up this is what we want it to look like you know um and this is the script and this is the action carries us from a to b so we need you to start here and finish here and this is what we're trying to present to the audience um 
never mind the fact that uh, the danger of being set on fire, there's a very specifically coordinated piece that has to happen, much like the military when you're performing in the military, to use that word, um, you have to present in a certain way. You have to know your role in a team because you're going to play a part in a very small a very small part in a very big play. Um, you've got hundreds of people in the military and you're, you're just doing one role, but you have to be on your mark everywhere. You have to be part of your team everywhere you go. You have to communicate. Uh, just like in stunts, you know, there's a, there's a risk with the military because you're working with explosives and, and guns and different things like that. Um, and long story short, how we do stunts like setting, setting ourselves on fire is that it's, it's the presentation of what it looks like when actually there's a, uh, a thin, strong, protective barrier of uh, liquid gels and um, the right clothing uh, between the fire and the performers that we are. So you've got um, you've got that very thin layer, and on camera, the, I mean, the fire is on us. We are on fire, but there's that barrier there, and we have to perform a certain way to make it look like something, but perform in such a way that the uh, that we keep ourselves safe as well, because fire has a um, you know it has a life cycle. It has a uh, a way that it will react and become bigger under certain conditions. If you're in the wind, or you get too much fuel on you, or not not as badly, but as uh, in a way, it's it's still bad. Is that if you don't catch fire the way they want you to, you have to do it again because it needs to be dynamic and interesting on camera. So you have to have just the right amount of fire on you for just the right amount of time. Go from A to B, interact with people, make it look chaotic because that's what we do as stunt performers. It's all about uh, performing the chaos in a very predictable, precise way that we can repeat and just tweak tiny little elements of every time until we get the performance right. Um, and that's exactly what we did in the military was, you know, running around with firearms, uh, you know, loaded firearms a lot of the time, and we have to know where our muzzle is pointing all the time uh, so we don't shoot anyone else. And we're only there to shoot the bad guys, right? So we're spending time with firearms and always ready and always alert. Um, and it's kind of the same with stunts. You, you've got this... Uh, very precise, controlled uh, discipline you need to perform, but you always got to be ready to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and I'm very glad to hear that it's done in a orderly fashion with people that know what they're doing. Um, that's yeah. That's that's awesome. What a story, Brett. <laughs> what a story. Um, tell us about your mindset when you are being put on fire. Like, what's actually going on in your mind and in your heart and in your body? Like, yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated about that. So it's quite simple, really. It's while it is very serious, um, the best guys will do that every day. And so to them, it's just like, okay, here's another day. You know, I'm getting up for school. I'm getting up for work. This is what I got to do. You know, um, for me, I get in the truck. I double check the truck, do my pre-trip inspection to make sure it's got the fuel and the coolant levels and all that, all that good stuff, you know. And it's the same with a stunt here's the stunt, here's what we're trying to perform, do I have everything I need, is everything where I need it to be, um, am I working with people who are similarly trained and have the same experience so that we can all be on the same page, do we all communicate the same way, do we all know the same things, um, and then making sure we perform it, you know, um, it's, it literally is just, I mean, it is work, we're, we're just going to work every day, so um, if you have any kind of fear it's probably time to hang up your stunt bag because you may not be as prepared and your mind, your emotions are now getting in the way of letting your mind do the job of this goes here, that goes there and, and keeping yourself present. Fear will uh, narrow the mind and, and you'll start panicking and you'll start having tunnel vision. Whereas if you're truly present to a situation in the army or in, in stunts, you'll be, always be aware because things are changing all the time on a film set. Um, you've got crew members, they're doing their job. Um, you've got cast members, they're doing their job and you're filling a small role in the middle there. And again, it's, it's a strong, uh, it's a very big machine, the film industry, you know, uh, all these different people, all these different moving parts and, um, all those moving parts have to work together. So you have to know what your role is and just, just do that role and be aware for those kind of changes. Um, so to that extent, the mind is very, um, uh, very present, 
very focused on that singular task, but it's also taking in everything around you because, um, you know, mistakes happen all the time. People get communicated different things. Uh, rushing on any job, especially the film uh, on a film set with stunts, is is uh, is a potential for hazards to come out more quickly because people do things that they shouldn't be doing or there's uh, things get in the way, you know, a, a new crew member may not be explained or know what's going on. So it's important to always keep things slow and methodical wherever you're working, uh, whenever you're working in the film industry like that. And do you have a particular sequence of things that you do in order to, I guess, decrease your stress levels when, when you're about to walk into that environment or, or any other sort of coping strategies you could share with people? Yeah, so sometimes I think, you know, anxiety will, will come up. Um, there's the there's the feeling of fear, which is, you know, the heart rate picking up, um, maybe a little bit of adrenaline. Um, you know, you you might get cold, clammy skin or you, you're, um, you're feeling a bit buzzed. And when it's that just that feeling, the best thing you can do, I think, is just take a breath and slow down. And it sounds cliche, but it works. You know, you just focus on your breathing, which then translates to your heart. And then your heart starts slowing down a bit more and uh, your body starts changing its um, sympathetic uh, nervous system response to uh, become uh, more present in the moment with the parasympathetic nervous system. So that is to that extent um, with, the, with the feeling. As far as the mind goes, if the, if the mind starts bringing things in, um, again, it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, you, know, you can talk to that voice that comes to you. Well, what about this? What about that? And uh, if you communicate with that voice and when it says, you know, oh, you might, this, this thing might happen. So, okay, cool. Let me, let me just go and double check that, you know. And sometimes there's random irrational fears that will come up and you just have to put those to rest. Um, and then other times, you know, you'll be sitting in the truck, for example, and you'll just get this little nudge like, you know, you just start thinking about the back tire or something like that. And you'll be like, okay, what, okay. And you just, to me, that's the, that's the spidey sense. That's intuition. You know, and I think we all have a relationship with that. Some people call it that, you know, God is speaking to us. Some people say that it's our angels or my dad's looking over me or, you know, it's just my subconscious or whatever. Um, I think if all of us are being honest, we all have a, uh, a name for that. And whether we know what that experience is consciously or not, it is there for, in most people, and I think a lot of people do have a language for it, um, and I'm always blown away about how many times I will get a little nudge like that, and I'll just, you know, I just trust it now. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna check the truck one more time. I'll go down there, and there'll be something wrong with the truck that I hadn't seen before. Somehow I knew, and you know, you can try and justify it however you like. The reason it doesn't matter, but the point I'm trying to articulate is I, I just try and trust that that voice and that communication that I'm getting. Um, enough to be able to respond to it. And again, it's part of staying present. You're not just present to the outside world, but you're present to the uh, the inside world and what your body's telling you as well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can so relate to um to, to listening to that inner voice. Um, I My wife and I, we've traveled quite extensively. Um, I think yeah, between us, it's over, over 50 sort of countries. And we've actually only really got into dangerous situations, maybe a handful of times. And a lot of the time you can actually avoid a situation, not every time, but, but a lot of the time by listening to that inner voice, if something feels really wrong, you need to listen to your intuition. And that can apply, uh -huh. I found, in, in business as well and, and dealing with our relationships more broadly. Um, yeah, listening to that inner voice, it's just it's so important to feel connected to it and, uh -huh. and to actually act on it as well. And it, as I'm saying this, I'm actually thinking, could you imagine having these sort of conversations in the army? Like it's just it would seem <laughs> ludicrous going back to that stage right now. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though. Cause I think anyone, I mean, the, the military is, uh, you know, don't think just do, you know, and I remember getting in trouble in the military. You might be able to relate to this. Um, so basic training, they're telling us, you know, get the F out on the parade ground now. Cause they love to yell and, you know, put the fear of uh, all sorts of stuff into you. Um, and I thought I was being a responsible um, uh, teammate on our, in, our, in our section or in our platoon because everyone starts running out. And I thought, I'm just going to double check down the hallway to make sure nobody's behind me because they'd make us say last man. You know, the, the, last pan, the last man needs to yell out last man so that all the teams together, we're ready to go, sir, you know. So I pause for half a second, stick my head down the, the, the corridor, 
and then come out last. And I say last man, and I'm I'm half a second behind the other person. And so I get blasted by the, the sergeant. Why the F were you taking so long? You know, and I try and tell him, um, well, sir, you know, it says courage, initiative, teamwork on the badge on, the, on our hat. So I'm using initiative and I was going to and of course, that didn't go down too well. Um, they just want you to sit down, shut up. and That would uh, not have gone down well. <laughs> no, not at all. And I thought I was doing the right thing. It's like, you know, one third of what's on our hat badge, sir, says uh, initiative. But uh, it didn't go down well. They don't want you to think. They just want you to do and do exactly as they say when they say it. Um, and so there's no, there's no conversation about God told me not to go this way or my angel guides or my gut reaction said, you know, um, and, and it is a fascinating uh, difference between the two lives. But, uh, you know, we're, I think we're all a little bit older and a little bit wiser. I don't think you or I could see us, ourselves going back to the army at any point because our, uh, uh, our, just our consciousness has, has developed a lot further and we're looking for a bigger impact in the world than uh, just that role that we were playing in the army. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, if... Uh, in terms of like acting as a collective and the sort of skill set that develops um, as part of very close knit teamwork, definitely huge benefits there. And that, that's one of the biggest things that I took out of it. But when you look at it from a individual development perspective and, and really feeling connected to yourself um, and, and your values and basically the direction that you want to go in, that's where I found that it started to become a bit of a conflict for me. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, time and a place. Um, I think, you know, I've got really fond memories and, and clearly For I've sure. made some, some really good connections like, like with you here. Um, but yeah, I guess mm -hmm. if, if it's time to move on to the next stage of your life, then, then you got to do it. So Brett, um, we've, uh, we've talked, we've, we've touched on this notion of stress, um, you know, variously in this episode, obviously through, through our time in the army and, and your time with stunt work. Um, obviously you're in the process of embarking on, on quite a large expansion with, uh, with your own business as, as an entrepreneur with your trucks. Um, tell us about the sort of stresses that you've had to deal with and how they've affected your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I think, um, when it comes to stress, you know, a lot of people say, well, stress is a bad thing, but if you're in the gym, um, I mean, that's, a, that's a type of stress too. You're stressing the body, you're making it grow. And you have to give yourself a little bit of pain, a little bit of stress to uh, to help that muscle grow and expand. And and people talk about that a lot as well in social circles. Well, you know, you should be nice, you should be kind. And I definitely absolutely agree with all that. But we don't always um, validate the challenger. You know, that the people who ask the hard questions in society, especially in this day and age, um, you know, they're, they're, they're seen as a, a nuisance because challenging the status quo or challenging the current circumstances, um, well, that's not good. You know, we've got this great thing here now. Why do you need to challenge it? Um, and a, and a, something or someone that stresses a or challenges a situation uh, can absolutely be beneficial in small doses, you know, because you are looking to stretch and try a bit harder to improve um, the social circle, the business, whatever it might be, you know, tear the muscle a little bit just enough that the muscle can grow and heal and, and you can become bigger and stronger. Um, the difference is, is between you stress and distress, EU stress, one word, or distress, obviously DIS stress, you know, or DI stress. Um, di, you know, distress is, is jumping off of a two story building and landing and breaking your leg and having the, the sensation of having a broken leg and the body saying, listen, buddy, you know, sit down and rest because this is not good. Um, whereas you stress is like just a little bit of, you know, not necessarily pain, but just even warmth or, uh, you know, it might be a soft pain of some kind just to remind you that, you know, this is, this is the work that's happening. And I, I think if you're listening, you, you honestly know what the difference is and how it feels in the body for different circumstances. Um, when it comes to business as well, you want to make mistakes that teach you the game, not take you out of the game. And I think that's the, the same thing, right? It's the, um, having to move, learn to move money around in businesses. Oh, I'm going to be short this month. How can I uh, make sure I can get all my bills paid and pay my employees and, and different things like that? Um, those kind of questions, they're good. And giving yourself enough leeway um, to... Uh, keep that conversation going with your business every day. How can I make this? I want to grow. I want to have more more income, more employees, more trucks. Um, 
those are good questions to be asking and, and stretching yourself into. Um, the, the wrong question is, how can I avoid bankruptcy tomorrow? Um, and by that time, it's probably too late if you're asking that question, but you need to be challenging yourself every day and, and learning about how to move money around and uh, solve your customers' problems, as I say. So coming back to the eustress and distress, um, I don't know, even though it's polar, just by those two words, it's one or the other, um, it's up to you how much you can handle. You know, if you're in the gym lifting weights, um, I know probably the fittest I've ever been, man, you remember this, was uh, basic training or the infantry selection, um, the infantry training we went through. I was running around through the, uh, through the forest in uh, Western Australia with a minimi and uh, several hundred rounds of ammunition or something like that, and I'm, I'm floating, man. I'm running so fast and carrying that thing. Uh, I couldn't do it these days, um, but I know I chose the Minimi, which is a heavy machine gun at that Shame. time, uh, because it was hard work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I chose it because it was hard work, um, and I wanted to push myself, but I couldn't do that anymore straight away like that. I could maybe build back up to it. Um, and same with jumping in the gym. You know, how much weight can I lift? I can't lift 200, 300 pounds. I'd, I'd go into distress, but at some point there, is a healthy use stress where you're helping the body grow and not uh, not taking you out of the game for uh, for days afterwards, but just encouraging you to grow your game as you uh, as you improve. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it's a it's a really healthy introspective attitude that you've got towards it because for for some people they they and it happens to me sometimes as well. You feel stress and all of a sudden you think it's just bad and I'm not going to get anything out of it, but it does give you an opportunity mm -hmm. to grow. And if you can understand why and get the why right in your head, whether it's you know starting a business, starting a podcast, whatever, starting any other hobby, if that why is very clear to you, then the sacrifice and the stress that comes with it often is worth it. Or you can actually look back mm -hmm. on it introspectively and see what you've actually gained from it, like you have now with the army. Absolutely, yeah. Um speaking to that i think there's a lot of people out there who you know have full-time jobs and they're doing what they've been told they should do by society you know get a family and have a house and get a job but they're also passionate about this other thing and they think well i don't know how to do it so i won't do it um and that's okay but i don't know everything about trucks and i've been doing it for 15 years and i'm hanging out with people who are smarter than me you know one of the world's best um, I had lunch with him a couple of months ago to learn from him. Um, and even he, it's quite fascinating. He's been doing this thing for 60 years. He's got more truck world records than I have, and he's in all the Fast and the Furious uh, movies and everything like that. And even then I'm asking him questions that I think he should know the answer to, um, that I don't know the answer to, but I'm thinking, well, he's a, he's a couple of levels above me. And even even then he's like, you know, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you could do it like that, I guess. And clearly he's like, just equally as curious as me and he doesn't know all the answers and I, I realize at any level you just have to realize you don't know everything don't wait for the traffic lights to be green and and just start and realize that it's going to be a stop start journey the whole way um and so if anyone does have a, a, a dream to start a podcast or dream to start a truck business or whatever it might be like what's stopping you you know what i mean um People, people don't want to look past mm. their fears a lot of the time. They want to say, well, I, I had a dream once that I couldn't do it because I had a family or I, 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 um, you know, I couldn't give this up or I, I couldn't give up my job or whatever. But there's two types of people. There's the people who find a reason to make it happen and there's the people who find uh, an excuse to stop it from happening. And I think you owe it to yourself to keep that conversation going and just figure it out, whatever it might be. Um, you're going to be smarter tomorrow, but you've got to start. You've got to take a step. Yeah. And, and you just get one shot at life, at least that, that you're conscious mm -hmm. of in, in day to day. One shot, you know, like I'm, I'm starting to get really, really conscious. I'm, I'm 34 now and I'm like, okay, every day counts. Every day that clock is ticking. What are we doing? How are we getting closer to our goal? You know, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I remember there was a, a really good saying um, that, that, I, that I heard last year, don't wish your problems away wish to get the skills to solve them and i, I was love like that. yeah yes that is that is the mindset that you have to go in with um because yeah you, you won't always have the answers and and even even your friend that, that's been doing this for decades doesn't have the answers but 
if you if you're clear on why you're doing something and you want to progress you will find those answers you will find mm -hmm. them guaranteed absolutely yeah and you mentioned about you know being 34 i mean you're pretty old now man you're the same age as me and i'm just, i'm just joking obviously but uh, <laughs> i'm sure that there's people in their 60s who are listening to this right now going man i wish i was 34 again but at any level there's always an existential crisis where you possibly even every day for everyone oh i'm 34 now oh man now i'm 35 now i'm 36 um and then sooner or later we'll all be saying oh now we're 60 now we're 70 but um it, it reminded me of the saying about someone some people say you know you only live once but i heard a counteraction to that which was um you don't live once you only die once and you live every day and that put a new perspective on it for me mm. right yeah yeah just to color that a bit differently like just nice step in every day and uh and make it happen whatever it is yeah definitely and and so why why is brett solomano on this earth what what are you here for <laughs> at, at the deepest levels of course uh that's a good question man that's a good question and i i think uh that kind of question reminds me of um, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where um, they uh, they built a computer to figure out the meaning of life, and the answer came back 42, and then they realized they'd messed up, so they had to uh, build a computer that was even bigger than the first computer to figure out what the actual question was that they'd originally asked to get an answer like 42. Um, so I think... <laughs> I think to that extent, the answer isn't the problem. It's it's the question. What questions are we asking every day? Um, and for me, if we all look inside ourselves, there's some. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. John D. Martini. He talks about our our values and how they how they can be the cause of all our successes and all our failures um, if we're not listening to them, and and all our even diseases as well, because these, uh, especially our emotional condition, can be caused by us listening to our, or not listening to our values. Um, so I highly recommend people check him out. And for me, what inspires me is giving uh, people aha moments. You know, it, it's a beautiful thing to be able to entertain someone as a performer. Uh, for the longest time, I wanted to be a magician. When I was a child, I wanted to be a, um, a firefighter as well briefly and then I wanted to tell stories uh, with computer animation and then my careers advisor got me uh, through a roundabout sort of way into stunts and I, and I loved all those things but I realized that it wasn't that wasn't what I wanted just to save people or entertain them or anything like that what I wanted to do was to make them change in such a way that they couldn't go back from you know my favorite movies are movies like um, the Matrix, um, Cloud Atlas, movies that make you think deeply about who you are in this in this world and and how we affect things and and you can't you can't unsee those movies you can't go back from having the effect you know a, an entertaining movie you enjoy it you talk about it a couple of times a week or two later but you know movies that entertain us and make us think and change the way we think for decades to come I mean that's a powerful gift to give so why i'm on this earth um somehow I'm, i've been blessed with the gift of driving trucks to world record levels um and so i do want to honor that i don't know where that goes but i do think that sometimes like I, I may have transported packages here in the u.s that you've received right uh, or, or your your listeners you know i don't know where my packages are going when i used to drive for fedex and i've driven thousands and thousands and thousands of miles right carrying all sorts of stuff and we don't know how we affect each other in this world with uh i don't we don't know how we affect each other in this world with um what we're doing um who we talk to how we affect them truly we, we kind of get a glimpse of it on the surface but it's nothing to what's underneath and you know i work with disadvantaged youth because some of these youth that i work with they've, they've got some pretty troubled childhoods and it would it would be just I, I think I do believe that someday you know however we pass on from this earth and whatever happens afterwards that you know we will get to see the effects that we've had on people and it would just be a beautiful thing to go okay you know I just I spoke to this child a couple of times in his life and I was just able to say something that just nudged him off course a little bit just a tiny bit here and now but that, that multiplied to become a lot more later on um, and so 
to that extent, the trucks are, you know, I'm, I'm contributing to people's livelihood, groceries that they're receiving, that they're, that they're buying, um, packages that they're receiving. You know, I've, I've carted silicone, uh, just raw silicone uh, to, to the manufacturing plants and back um, recently. And I don't know where that's going or where that came from, but I know that that is contributing to the world in some way. Um, and ultimately, I would love to get more businesses going with um, that, that are telling stories, you know, personal development, uh, therapy retreats uh, and, and movies and stories that can make people think and challenge challenge the way they're thinking and, and make them get out of wherever they are right now so in such a way where they don't come back to uh, their old self, you know, and that they can keep being better people and contribute more to this world mm. themselves in a, in a much better way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it, it sounds like it's really about helping people to, to expand their horizons, think about their situation differently. Obviously, you know, reversing a semi-trailer for 55 miles um, in itself is, a, is an awesome achievement and I'm sure a great conversation starter, but you could even look at it from the perspective mm -hmm. of inspiring people to, to push their limits and, and also even like a road safety angle because that's a common theme, you know, in, in all countries of the world, not, not just in the West. Um, you know, how do we actually inspire people to be more cautious about how they drive and, you know, not necessarily to push their limits because that would be a bad thing. Um, but the road safety angle, I, I know that you're very passionate about that one as well. We've, we've spoken about that in the past. Absolutely. Yeah, we had, um, uh, we, we were raising awareness for Distracted Driving Awareness Month in uh, October 2020 when we did the uh, the record on the 30th of September. So we kind of helped kick that off in a, in a couple of ways. Um, and that was a good conversation to have with people. And um, it is pretty sad that people are on their phone a lot uh, while they're driving. Um, and, you know, we all justify it. Well, it's just a quick phone call and all that kind of stuff. Stepping back, though, um, taking the distracted driving conversation out of it, you know, what are we actually distracted from? It's, we're distracted from life, you know, and so at a, on a more metaphysical level, mm. um, that's, that's a very interesting conversation for me to have as well because coming back to the world record again, I knew that at some point, you know, when you're, you're driving home, right, and, you, it could be late at night or something and it's a 40 minute drive home you know the roads pretty well and then you kind of just have a little flash in your mind and then next thing you know you're home and you, you kind of you realize well how did i get how did i get here um maybe it's late at night and you think gee you know why didn't i run off the road or something but subconsciously our mind just takes us there uh, somehow and i knew i was going to have a lapse in conversation uh, concentration if i was continuing to drive a truck for four hours like i was planning and I nearly ran off the road a couple of times towards the end there because my my mental fatigue was huge, man. Like <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize what the mental fatigue would be like. I knew it was going to be kind of kind of bad, and I was trusting that my subconscious would be able to handle reversing because I've done it so much and I, I've performed it and taught it so much. But I knew that level of um, uh, my my attention was gonna was gonna drop at some point and my focus was gonna narrow back down you know and we have to remind ourselves to keep our focus back open and if we're talking about our phones while we're driving if our focus comes down too much we're not paying attention to the road obviously that can be a dangerous thing um, while we're driving to use our phones and have our focus deteriorate to a single point like that but on a more again existential level what are we doing that why are we doing that in life when we could be having our concentration uh, and our focus and our consciousness much more expanded to include all sorts of different things, you know, and include uh, new business ideas, new people, new opportunities that we hadn't uh, tuned ourselves into. Now, I hope that's not too metaphysical, but it's a, it is a fascinating conversation I love to have, yeah. No, this is, this, this is awesome, Brett. This is what I love, weaving spirituality and the bigger questions in life with business. I mean, this is, this is the core of what Dancing a Doubt is about, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so glad you've gone there. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Brett, I know obviously um, we're, we're, we're short on time. You've got a, a, a business to run. Signature question. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what is the one piece of advice that you would give? Um, I was thinking about that and because uh, I, I remember you, you mentioned that might be the question that you're going to ask. And, uh, you know, I think, I think sometimes words don't convey as much as presence. You know, we, we don't, hear the words we feel what people are saying we, we know when someone's lying i think 
we know when someone is uh, um, you know confident in their abilities or not based on how they speak it's not always what they speak and I don't know if I would say anything um, I would I would just show up because I know I had uh, obviously like like most people there was a hard time or two in my teenage life trying to figure out who I was and how I showed up in the world um, I think if I was to go back to a younger self, um, I would just show up and just say, just, just be there, you know, and just be present and just say, it's going to work itself out. You know, this is, this is who you become like it or not. It's going to be okay. You know, it's, we're, we're going to figure this out. And, uh, that level of confidence I think would, would carry more than, um, you know, a bunch of words, I think. Yeah. Nice, nice. You're actually making me think of a of a saying um, that they used to have in the army: "Hurry up and wait." So hurry up <laughs> to get to a certain point, and then wait and see what happens. <laughs> yep. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Story right, of our stop life. Here hey? while we while we figure out the next thing, and and it's kind of like that with life too. Sometimes it's uh, yeah. feast or famine, and and just be yeah. present. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, Brett, um, thank you so much for coming on today with us. Um, it's been it's been a real pleasure to to reconnect. Um, if if audiences do want to connect with you, what's the best way for, for them to get in touch by what platform and follow you? Um, yeah, so I do a little bit of coaching now as well. If anyone wanted to have a chat with me at any point, um, I, I would absolutely love that. Um, and they can find me on either my stunt website to check out some of my stunt videos, which is drivensolo.com. Um, and then there's also my, uh, my coaching website, which I haven't done much with lately because I've been focusing more on the trucks. Um, but uh, astuntmansguide.com is also my, my coaching website that I use as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, really enjoyed having you on today, Brett. Um, you know, I think we've, we've covered quite a range of topics, but just some ones that stand out to me are adapting to, to new environments, um, conquering fear, reconciling our values to our conditioning, and managing that eternal dance of stress. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, thanks Absolutely. again, man. Really appreciate it. I hope you've, you've had a, a good time as well. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. No, it's always good to chat and, uh, you know, asking the hard questions is, uh, is a beautiful thing to do to dive deeper and, uh, figure things out in life. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And to our audiences, um, if you've got value from this episode, I'd really, really appreciate your support. Share the love, spread the knowledge, give us some feedback, give us a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. It does actually make a huge um, difference to, to me and helps bring more goodness um, to you. So you can find more episodes at dancingwithdoubt.com or, or all major streaming platforms. And as usual, I have my monthly blog um, up pretty soon, just reflecting on my conversations with guests um, and giving some gratitude back. Um, so as always... Thank you for lending me your ears wherever in the world you are. Um, till next time, may success be with you. Mm -hmm.